guys, welcome to Standout Podcast with Natalia Brzezinski. I'm here right now with the core team around the Accelerator as part of the Global Change Awards. We've just had an incredible night in the City Hall announcing the winners and giving them their awards, listening to fantastic speakers and really sharing the night with a lot of fashion luminaries and business people from the Stockholm scene building what we hope and what H&M Conscious Foundation hopes will be the Nobel Prize of Fashion. So right now it's a snowy day here and and we have some kind of boule and some coffee and I'm sitting here with Eric Bang, the project manager for the H&M Conscious Foundation, Jenny Perzon, the strategy program lead at Accenture, and Lisa Erickson, the head of innovation at KTH. Welcome guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. I remember turning and and I thought this would happen because the city hall is so impressive. And even, you know, every year when we have the Nobel Prize winners and we always have a lot of Americans, they get kind of transformed when they enter that space and they're really touched and they're so nervous to meet the royal family. And I knew that these winners would would feel that, but when I I looked at them when they were standing before they were they were beaming. It was it was so joyful. And that must be such a nice part of this to see their evolution as well. And I guess we're at the start of it. But um, I'd love to just hear each of your reflections on you've been spending a few days with them now. Most of them have never been to Stockholm or at least half of them. The Americans that I was talking to from California haven't. And they were really excited about it. So what has stuck with you so far? To me, it's it's really the dynamics within the the larger group of all the teams combined. They are they are great teams separately, but coming together, they are supporting each other mm. in such a great way and way beyond what I thought they would at this early stage. They're really helping each other out. And I think that's going to prove so useful for them um, going through this year. And Did you expect that would happen? Because I didn't even think of that as well. Like, yeah, I mean, they now form this crew, you know, this H&M Foundation crew that going going forward and starting a new journey. No, no, sure. We That's a really important thing for them to to get to that stage um, through this year. And that's also one of the, the, the key points of the entire accelerator. Um, but that I'm really happy that this happened so quickly. And mm-hmm. already from day one in the first exercise on Monday morning, they started to help each other out. And, and that was really cool. Hmm. I think it's actually a very important part of this intensive kickoff week. I've told them several times that we we promised you intensive and it has been very intensive. But we can really see that the, the group is, is really uh, starting to interact with each other. And they, they did that already the first day. And, and I think there are connections actually that is going to start and be a long lost uh, relationships mm. for them. So I, I think it's it's really important. And we know from experience, we have worked with many similar types of program before and, and just the boost of being a winner. It's extremely important. Mm. We, we have some, some companies that started 10 years ago that today are really large companies. And they said, well, if you hadn't believed in me, I, I don't know if I actually had dared to start this company. And I think that's that's really important. And, and um, yeah, it's great to see that they really feel uplifted of the, the winnings. Yeah, and they, they already started talking about um, combining their different innovations and, and building that on each other. Cool. And that is really, really impressive that stuff from cool. beginning. Yeah, because then they can leverage and build momentum together. 
I think the enthusiasm among the team is is tremendous, but I think also the multiplier effect or the people around them, the stakeholders around them from the jury to the people that were present at the launch event are getting engaged and, and seeing the potential of this. We hear collective act, um, collective impact. We see cross-sector collaboration being more important. I think this is just a core, but it has a multiplier effect with all the people around and all the institutions and academia and private sector and foundations. So I think it's it's the potential of something really big. I think it's so cool, too, because it's quite um, bold what you're doing in a way, especially, I think, in in Europe and in the Nordic sense, something that Ellis Rubinstein and I discussed as the two Americans, you know, um, that's much more of an American thing to do. You hear about the Stanford cluster, you know, business and entrepreneurs. and But I, living here for almost four years, especially in the beginning, and I think, again, we're in a time of change in Sweden itself, but... Politicians stick with politicians. Business people stick with business people. There wasn't as much collaboration. What you're doing is really crashing that in a fantastic way. It's such a, a full circle. Um, and it seems to be something quite new. Or am I wrong? It is. We, we have a lot of, of industry collaboration between academia. And, and I think that's that's a, a true strength, even though it has changed a lot the past couple of years. And especially, like, for example, I, I've told a lot of people at the event that if someone would have told me two years ago that I would be attending such event with the fashion industry and the supermodels and all this stuff and, and, and also bringing some of our top professors within the, the, the chemistry field, I would say, why? Why should I do that? Because I, we couldn't really see this coming. And I think that's, it's a little bit surprising that it is the H&M and the Conscience Foundation and, and, and this co- collaboration. And it's so, it's so true that we, we really need to combine science and, and mm. fashion industry and, and designers and this interdisciplinary. It's really important to really solve these big changes or, or uh, the, the challenges we, we stand in front of. So I, I've seen it before, but it's really increased a lot. And I think that this is a surprising collaboration in, in some way. Mm. What anyway? And I think in Sweden we have a unique possibility to do that because mm. we are a relatively small country. We have leading thinkers. However, given the size, we have also access to key decision Definitely. makers and we can come together relatively easy if you compare it to somewhere like the U.S. So I think it's an, it, it's an exciting way forward. And if we can find a model that works, hopefully we can replicate it in, in countries and in industries where it perhaps it's not as obvious as it might be in Sweden. Well, many people cite it as one of the reasons why, you know, you have the Spotify's and the Klarna's and all these companies, because people actually are quite, you know, and I can say this as an American, have smaller egos. They don't have, you know, drivers and security. And if you look at some big CEOs in America, you really cannot get to them. And I have so many friends that have told me hilarious stories about, you know, everything's online and transparent in Sweden. So you can maybe still, I'm not sure if that's the case, but up until recently, you could look up, you know, Marcus Wallenberg's email or something, and people emailed them and they would actually get a response. You know, that would never happen in America. So I think that that you have this amazing potential. And I'd love to follow up with you, Eric, and just see, you know, when did the first seed for this idea was sowed? I don't know if that's proper grammar, but where did you come up with this to combine what you're doing in KTH and innovation and... How long have you been planning it? Take us through the whole journey. So the the, the original seed actually came from the, the former head of the foundation. 
um, Helena, who's now um, with the, the company H&M, um, and she she wanted to start this Nobel Prize of, of, of fashion. Um, hmm. And of course, with, with this bold so end cool. goal, as you mentioned before, and <clears throat> when I came in... Um, to the foundation to to set this project uh, and competition together. It was really, as you say, coming back to the bold ambition. This is hands down. No one's going to be able to do this on their own. So we were very sure from the beginning that we were not going to need to find some really good partners. And then partnering up with KTH and Accenture uh, made a lot of sense to combine all of these different perspectives. Uh, and then also leveraging H&M to put them in the longer run, provide um, the support and the industry access to the winners. Um, I think we have the the ingredients of, of, of something that can take us through all the way to that disruptive um, change. What's your dream? Oh, wow. Um, the dream would, of course, to be that this challenge is contributing uh, significantly to all the efforts out there in the industry to close the loop for fashion and that it's actually um, doing that. And tell us just, because I, I got a lot of questions from my friends, just from my social media, what does closing the loop on fashion mean? What's the full circle? So the full circle is is um, really to keep all the inputs and the materials and, and everything that put, it's put into a garment within that loop so you can make a new shirt out of your shirt. And so you don't have to consume resources and materials, but actually reuse it. And today that's not possible. Today uh, we we are wasting um, a lot of material and it ends up in landfills. And mm. uh, not only the, the actual garment, but also the, the inputs used in the process to produce that garment. So there are a lot of components in this um, concept of closing the loop that, that needs to be addressed. Jenny, tell me where along this line did you and Accenture come in, and, and why are you doing this? Um, we came in relatively early in the process, and it's exciting, as as Eric mentioned, to be to be working with with partners that are from very different sectors. But I, there are so many problems in the world today. We see everything from from climate change to social inequalities and poverty, and there are many great initiatives on on working on those and, and combating those. But yet, everyone's working in silos, and I see this is an initiative to work together. Uh, to work across those sectors to 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 mitigate and to, and and to combat some of those challenges that we're finding and I feel that as as personally, I, I'm in a position where I have an ability to perhaps move that dial forward and to bring those partners together. And with that comes the responsibility of actually doing something. So I think I, I'm passionate about this within the work that I do within Accenture, but also the research that I do. I truly believe that this this will change the way we, we fight those challenges, but also how we operate our businesses and how we operate as individuals. So it's this is a, a case study that I hope to follow and, and see the success of. I think that your passion is is, is very visible and felt by all. I, I could feel it when we talked on the phone. And then I want to follow up more because we've discussed a bit, you know, when I landed here three days ago almost by phone and I was running around Shepsholman, that you have a long career thus far really in sustainability. And I mean... To be doing it for, what, 10 years you were working with CARE? I mean, even the concept as Americans, 
when I was in university, people weren't really talking about it as much. And that was just seven years ago. So so you were really in it early and you really have a holistic depiction of the word, that it's a human issue. It's a climate issue. Tell me a little bit about your work and how that's driven you to where you are today. Well, it is more than 10 years ago, and I'm not quite certain I, I knew I was getting into the sustainability area. I'd worked for a consultancy firm for many years and decided I needed to do something different. I was lucky to have the opportunity within my job to um, take a project in a developing country. So I, I for six months, I worked in Angola. I worked in Tajikistan. I worked out in the field, and I came back feeling empowered yet inspired to do something different. I could either go and work in these countries or could go back and mobilize something bigger. And I think that journey started 10 years ago when I started working within Accenture and and how could we make it change. And that journey has evolved and I think it's relatively quick because now we're sitting here with, with equally big initiatives from different sectors. And I think that, again, coming back to the cross-sector collaboration, I feel like I can hopefully be a force in, in driving that forward. I am truly passionate about making a change and if I can contribute by mobilizing a little bit some of the larger players. This is a topic I think I'm passionate about. This is a collaboration I'm passionate about. So this is just the beginning, I would say. <laughs> what did you learn? I mean, I'm just, it's interesting sometimes because I work a lot on women's entrepreneurship or women in tech. And it actually surprises me uh, sometimes because when I do a really global event and I have women coming in from Africa or from Asia or South Asia, they're not talking about work-life balance and whatnot. It's survival for them. They're all entrepreneurs at every level from, you know, and it's often the women. I remember when President Carter came to Sweden and we hosted him and the Carter Foundation gives out these big grants to sustainable agriculture. And President Carter said, you know, it was about 10 years ago that I realized it's actually all the women doing the farming and the men taking the credit, you know? And so, I mean, I say this as a funny way, but it, what have you, is there anything you learned in Angola or Tajikistan? Are we more complacent here in the West, in America, in Northern Europe, where it's kind of easier? Or maybe we don't feel the effects of climate change as much? Because sometimes that's also part of it. I think the level of urgency is certainly different independent of, or dependent on where you come from. But I think how you as a person or how you as a society choose to react on that is sort of characterizes you. And I think if it's a fight for survival, it certainly makes that urgency a little more. But I think businesses today, even if you're not in a developing country, are facing a similar urgency. And I think the fashion industry is just an example of that. And I think that will serve as a catalyst to actually doing something about it. Um, so I, I don't know if that answered your question, but I... But I but you I always th- answer yeah. it. It's perfect. <laughs> Now that I've called these nations lazy, I will go back and say, actually, I'm not surprised that this is happening here, that H&M, that the foundation is so active, because I think around the world, Sweden is really seen as a leader in sustainability. We had a super cool event as part of yesterday's Global Change Awards, where we had a press lunch and an event in the Dome of Visions at KTH. And that's something that was really personal for me because um, when we had President Obama come visit, he basically stood in the very same spot and said, I'm here in Sweden to learn about sustainability. And he met with innovators from Solvatin to Volvo Trucks, I, it was, I believe. So a wide range of entrepreneurs working on this issue. And I can tell you, you know, just from personal anecdote, he loved it. 
he was super inspired and he loved the visit. And um, I want to talk to you a little bit about how KTH looks at sustainability and, and how you're working on it and perhaps then tying it into this accelerator. Yeah. Uh Well, sustainability is a very important part of of KTH. We have a vice director of sustainability and and a lot of the things that we do research on are are connected to to the sustainability issue. And and we also see that uh, many of the innovation that we meet at KTH Innovation are in the field of of better use of of the resources. Um, And um, uh, it was so funny also about the Obama visit because it was also actually a a startup that that we we have worked with, the the MyFC, the fuel cells. Yes, exactly. And (laughs) it's been a very interesting story about this this company because they they just after they were uh, published on the stock market and it was the Obama share and the <laughs> Obama charger <laughs> and they have really struggled of, of actually yeah the name is my FC and this is what we do <laughs> but uh, but it, it's really interesting and 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 that's just one example of, of a very successful technology that that reached the market and and uh, we have we have very similar things that some of the winners work with here as well and and some of the the professors working with those ideas they attended the event and and they were inspired as well because this is this is also actually putting focus on areas where they they do research and even though Yeah, in competitions you need to have some winners. That's kind of a part of part mm-hmm. of the game if if you want to have a competition. But actually, everyone that enters and and putting more focus on this area makes everyone in the area winner. And and I think I think this is a great initiative to really inspire more people to to really go for for the change and aiming for for um, actually deliver and execute and and actually put something new on the market that addresses these problems. I think it's incredible because, as you say, it shines a light on an area where there's actually so much innovation. What people don't really know, and I I probably shouldn't even say this, but I think it's okay. How the Obama visit came about is, you know, um, Mark and I kind of came back early because the president was coming And we said, let's we should do something on innovation. This is an innovative country. And I remember then we got from KTH, I believe it must have been um, a massive packet of potential entrepreneurs that we would then choose to show the president. And it was truly over a breakfast table that Mark and I, I was like, oh, Solvatin, that looks interesting. <laughs> and I, but I remember the first thought I had is how many there were yeah. and you know how how my wish was I wish we could have shown everything and that I think that's not always known that there's so much out there how do you choose and I think you must have felt that a bit in the competition you had a lot of entries you know how did you choose or the I know that there was a jury ceremony but perhaps you can tell our audience a little bit about the process itself and what kind of what makes a good idea a great idea and what really stood out Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> from from the start, we never really expected the number of entries we received. We received that um, was really overwhelming. It's so global. Yeah, so two thousand seven hundred from one hundred and twelve countries. Amazing. Amazing. Um, this is the first year, so um, really happy about that. But then, as you say, wow, how do you pick the best five out of these? Um, so luckily, again, coming back to the partnership, uh, the three of us. Uh, could knock our brains together and and to pick the together with the jury pick the best five best ideas and uh, for us of course the potential to close the loop is a, is a key um criteria in this 
Um, and of course, scalability is also really, really important if you want to have an impact. Tell us about what um, these winners, they've been in Stockholm for what, about a week? The awards ceremony was, I'm getting dizzy, yesterday, the day before yesterday. Yeah, the day before yesterday. <laughs> what have they been doing here? What You said we, we mentioned it a little bit in the beginning of this show, an intensive program. Yeah. Can you kind of take us through a bit? Uh, well, uh, I think they arrived during the weekend and we started early Monday morning. <laughs> and first was a lot of more saying hi to each other and, and just this uh, getting started. And, and then uh, we have taken them through a very intensive week. Um, and um, at KDH Innovation, we have developed a tool called Innovation Readiness Level, which is uh, uh, six different scales uh, where you can grade your idea and and you can get a very good overview of where are my strengths which areas do I need to improve and and uh, so on and then then you get a good uh, knowledge about what do you need to do the next year from now so we started off working with these different scales and they have been doing a lot of uh, um, uh, group work uh, working with each other we have also Accenture has also been part of the program and and they have started to talk more about the, the year to come what will happen because that's our part is really to have this kickoff week and and really make sure it's it's really intensive <laughs> and and then you will take on and and then lead the the year from now we have also um, they have visited some of our labs we have a very nice lab at KTH called greenhouse labs where where companies within this area actually can sit and use lab facilities and also get access to both students and researchers from the university and they have met some some really cool uh, serial entrepreneurs um, that inspired them a lot I, I know that because they've talked a lot about those visits and um, yeah They, we have trained them also in, in media training. Oh, that's good. Know, we, we, we know that they will meet a lot of media <laughs> and so on. And everything is actually going to be wrapped up today with a uh, with a lunch. And, and then they go back to their home countries and, and probably continue to work. And then Accenture will meet them next time, I think. So when's their next visit? And tell us about what you have planned for them, Jenny. Oh, we, we have lots of plans lots for of, them. I and see. I say this is just a beginning. And I think it's a tremendous start. And I think the fact that they received this kickstart and they received this this huge grant, um, mm. that that is amazing. But I think the year ahead will be how do we coach them to make the impact of that grant even greater. So we have a, a very structured program in in mobilizing. And I just want to comment on we have a tremendous amount of applicants, but equally so within Accenture, we have more than 350,000 employees globally, and they are equally enthused. So we are picking experts from around the world within both innovation and within sustainability who are now going to help these teams along this journey. So I think a year is a short time, but it's also a very long time to do some significant things. And I think, as I said, this is just the beginning and we are going to do everything um, to make that grant make the most impact and to take these teams and these fantastic individuals um, to hopefully make a significant contribution to a whole industry. And that to me is exciting. Can you share the year's program? I mean, will they be coming back again to Stockholm? Will the Accenture teams globally be working with them in their home cities? I mean, how will this actually really work in detail? Yeah. It's been great to meet the teams. They're all at different levels and we have a, jointly with the partners will work out 
each you know each step of the way how do we adjust the, the journey but we'll literally meet them or virtually or physically over the coming year in in modular um, education sessions and coaching sessions if you like in the next um, session we'll actually meet again physically in China so we're really looking forward to that um, and and doing a similar uh, industry access and I know Eric has a great plan for for the teams um, oh, to go and we see have to hear this yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So we, we started, um, so the, the foundation is really coordinating uh, all this, uh, as well as pulling on um, the experience of H&M to, to share, for them to share their experience with the, uh, with the with, with winners. And so two days ago on Tuesday, we had this uh, speed dating session at H&M where they, uh, the winners came to meet nine different functions um, just to bounce off ideas and, and to be put against the fence and, and uh, answer some tough questions. And it was really, uh, really, really useful for them uh, and also inspiring to meet the people of the industry um, and f- to, to have that as input in developing their ideas and also to start building their own relationships and networks with mm. the industry. And now taking them to Shanghai at the end of April We'll continue on that, and in Shanghai, we also have the, the the chance of going on site visits to meet suppliers, mm. um, and for them to start uh, really apply their idea with a supplier. Um, so that will be really, really interesting to see how, what comes out of that. What's the one thing, and, and maybe Lisa or Jenny or also Eric? What's the one thing that you can point to or two that really makes or breaks an innovation? Like what makes them succeed? Is it, you know, knowing how to build a network? Is it actually the tech of the actual innovation? Is it the niche? Is it where they choose to scale or how much they scale? Could you kind of point to one thing that you hope they take away because it really makes success? Yeah, it's always really difficult to say one thing. Yeah, but, of but, course. But if, if, if I should choose only one thing, it's, it's actually the ability to build the right team. Mm. Uh, that that The tech is, of course, really, really important, but it, it is true that you say that the, the right team can actually change, the, 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 the right team can change the technology so it becomes great. Yes. <laughs> and and if, if it's the otherwise, uh, uh, the other words, it's, it's um, the, 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 um, if, if you don't have the right team and, and you have the right technology, it's usually doesn't work and, mm. and that's that's what our experience have, have said and uh, that's also it's it's really important also to be open because all these teams it's it's the the journey just started and and I think many of them really need to think this year of actually complementing their teams because what what we have seen now they some of them they have different uh, uh, skills in the team already but I think that some of them they, they need to have more people with market knowledge and and so on and I think that's something really important that you you need to look upon uh, during the year to come piece of advice for them one last piece from each of you I think they all have the passion they have the drive they have the courage they've come a long way already and and the piece of advice would be take advantage of this unique opportunity for this amazing funding for this amazing industry access and and startup um, support and then the coaching that they'll get maximize what you have the opportunity to do this year um, and uh, and I truly think that they can make something great of their ideas yeah for me as well to take the t- really take this opportunity. Um, and make the most out of it and also have fun on the way. I think that's important to to have fun um, in, in building and making this trans- 
transforming this industry. Uh, at least I'm having a lot of fun with this project, and I. We're um, having fun. Yeah. It's been a great <laughs> few days, right? Yeah. <laughs> tiring, but good. Very tiring, but very, very fun days. Indeed. Well, I think when, you, when you're working with something that, when you're an entrepreneur, it's all-encompassing. So it's, it's, part of it is if you, if you don't have a great team or if you don't love the idea, if you're not having fun, you're really dying because it's so much work. And I think all of you, it's, it's so obvious how much you love this engagement and Maybe a final question. Is there anything you've learned over the past few days or that one of the awardees or that someone said that really struck you or kind of a final reflection from from meeting them? Because it's been so much buildup, I'm sure. You know, you've seen the entries, the planning for the big event. Anything? Yeah, I'm so impressed by, of course, their ideas, but also their personalities. I think the people behind these ideas are great people, and uh, that's what I'm taking with me from this. It does work. It does work <laughs> yeah. when you come across from different industry, unexpected meetings and collaboration. It does work. Um, and we see that in the results in not only the number of applicants, but also the quality of the ideas that the winning teams have. So. And I, I would just uh, add that um, I've really seen that the interdisciplinary work actually, it, it's really important. And, and especially from one of the teams from, from Finland, they have designers and professors in chemistry. And it, it's actually becomes one plus one becomes three when you when you think outside of the box and actually use the, the different disciplines and bring them together. And I think that's a that's a challenge for for the academia. Uh, in the future, and I know that a lot of universities are, are putting a lot of money into to creating these platforms for inter, interdisciplinary research, and I think that's th this is a very good example that it actually it actually works because that's also the team that actually won the the largest grant, even though they are all winners. So, so that that's uh, that's something I really will bring with me. Is there anything that academia or business can learn from fashion? putting up nice events. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's actually not, I mean, I think that's a bit true because a lot of it, and, and we discussed this a bit throughout the event, and I think having a big award ceremony and fantastic speakers as part of this, it's a lot of it is about communicating, communicating science of sustainability and communicating climate change in a way that connects, especially with young people. And fashion has the glamour, the creative, the big social media platform. So I think that's part of the magic between what, what yeah. you're doing yeah. right now. I mean, you have every element of it. So I can't... S can't wait to see what you bring up next year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to be here. Maybe you can do it in the summer. That will be one thing to change, right? It's snowing today in Stockholm, but it looks quite beautiful, actually. Yeah, I'm mean, also coming back to <clears throat> the vision of the Global Change Award. So, of course, we, we have the Nobel Prize in Sweden, which is a great inspiration. Mm. But to really make this a meeting point for people uh, from all different industries and backgrounds. So at the, the the event, award event two days ago, we had people from from fashion, of course, from academia, from business, but also from policy and, and journalists from across the fields uh, and, and the environmental field. And everyone is in this room together, um, just picking each other brains. And I think that's that meeting point we try to create and then we're very happy with it. And, and so I, I guess that the, the fashion industry's experiencing hosting events was proved quite <laughs> useful. Yeah. What's, what do you hope to have these winners say or do? What's success for you in a year? 
when it comes to them? Um, for, for the the ambition of the accelerator and the, the grant we're giving them is for them to be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So we really want them to absorb everything that they get their hands on this during this year and then be able to stand on their own and find their best Pos- their best way forward is partnership with someone or going on their own way. That's that's our ambition. To move ideas forward, to, to even further challenge and, and to take their ideas and other ideas and sort of inspire others to, to that, that you need to work in this area. And it's also possible to work in this area. So I'm even taking it one step further and hoping to see that they've actually made some change mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can all do that in, in some way, then that would be success, okay. I think. I would say that really the, the inspiration is really important. And then you, you have to bear in mind that all these are, are quite early stage and things will happen. And sometimes they have to pivot, they have to rethink, they have to do something else. And, and it, it's quite possible that some of them will realize during this year that this was not a good idea. It's already on the market or this is something else. But that that's natural. It's nothing wrong with the process or something like that. And and still, I I, I still think this this initiative have, have really awakened the, the world <laughs> on Absolutely. that you have to close the loop within fashion. And the, the number of entries we, we got here, there are probably a lot of runner-ups there that, that really have, have started to work on their ideas. And, and perhaps in the long run, some of those will be the, the big winner. But who cares? That that's that the the important thing is actually to to close the loop in fashion and to really put emphasis on that, that this is something that we all need to join forces to 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 solve. Exactly. There's a reason people call them serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. Some things fail, and that's okay. And I think that that we're launching something super exciting, and I can't wait to see what next year brings. Eric, there were two thousand and seven hundred ideas globally that applied from over one hundred twenty countries, I believe. We have five groups of winners, but what about all the people that didn't win? Where are those ideas going? Yeah, so part of it was tricky to pick these five winners, but uh, and we realized there were so many great ideas in this pool of 2,700 that would be a shame to just let them go. Um, so what we decided to do along the way was to create a open source network mm. where anyone, including the, the participants of the Global Change Award, can post their ideas and their visions and also their needs and their it's a matchmaking forum so anyone can come in there have a look and you can post a need for a say funding or for a team member or coaching and we we believe this is a great way open source is a great way to leverage the interest and the inspiration that this global change award is is um is is building so for everyone listening now, you know, where can they link up to this network? Is it it's open so if someone listening in San Diego can connect, where can they find it? Is it on the H&M Foundation website? Yeah, so this is on a on a dedicated website. It's network.globalchangeaward.com. Um and you enter there and just put in your idea, describe your idea and your needs and then anyone can come in there and, and pick it up, pick up on it. We talked about the big award ceremony and Eric and I were even laughing. It's like a wedding. You know, you had this big <laughs> event and now you feel empty. What do I do yeah, next? Yeah. But I think it's great for our listeners to know this is this is an end, but it's really a beginning of of something larger. And and tell us a bit, maybe all of you can reflect on the grand vision and, and the movement that you're building. 
No, absolutely. This is just the first Global Change Award. It's an annual competition. So we're coming back, uh, launching the, the next run in, in six months or so. Um, Soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no break for you. No, yeah. Get back up on the horse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so th this is really a beginning because we need lots of ideas to, to close the loop for fashion. Um, and the, the very inspiring thing about the industry is that it touches upon billions of people. Mm. Um, so if we can leverage that and really get everyone together to solve this issue, um, we, we can really have an impact quickly. As Amber Valletta said, I think, we all need to get dressed. So yes, it's really indeed. an imminent issue. <laughs> and that's the background. I mean, we I often get the question, wouldn't it be easier to just produce less clothes and, and people to buy less but it's it's not a really a smart solution but because at the end of the day the world population is growing so more and more people are going to need to get dressed and so what we need to do is to find a new way uh, to provide all these clothes within the planetary boundaries and, and that's the, the 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 purpose of this uh, competition fantastic thank you so much eric jenny and lisa I'll be keeping you here in the hot seat one year from now. We'll have to see. This year we had clothes from citrus, from algae. Maybe we'll be able to put something on. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. This podcast is produced by ACAST with Sandra Moline as supervising producer and Carl Rosander as executive producer.